0: 1130, Jeff, did you have a chance to read? The book or no?
1: I, I have not, but it, uh, I just actually ordered it from Amazon.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, so I wanted to, so the book this month is The Richest Man in Babylon. And it has been, you know, when many of us write and read on LinkedIn where people write their, you know, their all time books. And it is 90% in, you know, it's on 90% of most people's lists as all time favorite books. And I had never read it. So this year when we started the year, I put like three or four oldies, but goodies in there. Like we did Man's Search for Meaning and we did um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And so I I included this one. So um, I uh, listened to it. And uh, in the audio, and I immediately. uh, So, one of basically the whole book, I I have lots of quotes I wrote down, but the whole book is about taking 10% of everything you earn and putting it aside. Use 20% to pay your debts if you have any, and 70% to pay for your overhead and that if you cannot fit your overhead in 70 percent of your income then you need to cut your overhead to fit in 70 percent and um that's very interesting uh, I um, and for you know, so many people, many people, some people have debts and some people don't have debts. And if you don't have debt, then you can use the 20% that you're not using to pay debt to either put in that 10% savings or increase your overhead. So, I um, you know, I own shopping centers and I have, you know, money in the stock market and things like that, but I never really have like a little cash fund because I'm always, you know, using my money and putting it into real estate or into, um, you know, investments. So upon reading this book, I, I'm just going to mute you guys. I started doing that. So, in um, June, at the end of June, I took 10% of all income earned and put it into some account that I told Josie that I don't have access to. (laughs) We'll see. But, um, you know, and then probably I'll let it build up and then I'll invest it in a shopping center. So, uh, but it, it was very interesting. And basically, the whole premise is if you have this cash reserve, you, the freedom and the confidence and the security it brings you is um, powerful. So that's kind of the book in a nutshell, but I have tons of quotes I wrote down that we'll go, we'll go through. And if any of you have read the book, and want to speak up, I welcome it, obviously, because I don't really want this to be, you know, Beth's Cliff Notes of the book. But um, I'll start with a few of the quotes. Uh, so I would tell you that when people reach out to me for assistance or help, the number one thing that they ask me about, bar none, is time management. And, you know, and I always say I'm not an expert time manager, I'm not a coach in time management but I can give you uh, some tips of what I use. And what was very interesting is one of the quotes in the book is, I'm gonna find it, because I have them all, over. oh. It, so the, the number one quote I wrote down from the book, as for time, comma, all men have it in abundance. As for time, all men have it in abundance. And basically okay basically, the author it goes on to say that and and, and I have said this before, I have read the quote, "You know we all have the same amount of time in the day as Elon Musk, Oprah Winfrey, and Bill Gates, right and um, so I think that that goes along with, as for time, all men have it in abundance. And it's what we do with our time that contributes to our time management and our success, right? So um, I always recommend, one of the things when people come to me and ask me about time management tips, I recommend uh, what I call the exercise of torture. Does anyone know, is anyone on this call done my recommended exercise of torture? No. I'm I'm seeing some shaking heads. Sean doesn't know about it. He's too new. I don't think Dale knows. Lee, Lee, do you know what my exercise of torture is? No, but I'm dying to hear because you want to know about an exercise of torture. Okay. So on an annual basis, and I should do it twice a year, but I always recommend when anybody comes to me and says, I need some help with time management. The first thing I suggest that they do is the exercise of torture, which is starting Monday morning at 8am and finishing Friday night at 6pm. You write down everything you've done in 15 minutes increments and that's why it's called the the exercise of torture and you know the first day you know you're pretty on it because it's the first day by Tuesday afternoon you forgot and now you're trying to recreate and by Wednesday you're like making shit up so you really if you really 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 truly want to get a handle on and improve your time management being as honest as you can with a, it's you know called the time log the better and then what i recommend is after you're done and if you don't think you can do it for 5 days i just did an exercise with a firm i'm doing some consulting within california and i knew that 5 days they were going to kill me so we did it for 3 days so they did it for 3 days but definitely there were some that you know really did it well and some that i could tell you know they just forgot and they made it up at the end of the day But if you do it fully, I promise you every year, I find when I do it, two to three hours of wasted time every year. And you would think I've literally been doing this 20 years in a row. And you would think by now I wouldn't fall into bad habits, but we fall into bad habits. And... Sometimes, you know, when, if we may be down because of COVID or, you know, the government's going to shut our businesses down again, or, you know, you kind of get in maybe a a little funk and you're like, okay, I'm just going to watch, you know, reality TV for three hours tonight. So that's obviously okay, right? To have times where you check out and you do stuff that you know isn't great for you, but you got to cut yourself a break. You can't be on and be ultra, ultra efficient every day 365 days of the year but if you are growing a business or growing your career or wanting to get to the next level your time is the one thing you can control your time and your work ethic and knowing what you do during those times of the day is crucial so uh so when he says as for time all men have it in abundance I believe what that's saying is we are in control of that and we can watch reality tv or we can play video games or we can go shopping or we can you know be driving from one appointment to another and instead of you know call a friend to catch up instead of maybe listening to a podcast and again we can't be on, tw- I'm not suggesting we should all be on 24-7. Like, I love my bi-weekly massages. I watch some stupid TV. Yesterday, I was on the bike in the gym, and I watched some reality TV. We all need our, our times also to heal and to feed our souls and, to, and just to relax. But from, you know, eight to six, five days a week, or at least four days a week, right, We should, I think what I find is when people send me their time logs, I usually can find two or three hours that like, what are you, why are you doing this? So I thought that that quote in this book that was written, you know, decades ago was very interesting because uh, I believe that to be true. And, and And I always say we have the same amount of time as Oprah, Bill Gates, and Elon Musk. So we can definitely achieve more. The next quote that I wrote, I'm gonna stop. Does anyone else have, it, ha, anyone on the call read the book? Yes, uh, Danielle? There is. Okay, so Sean and Danielle, what do you think? what do
2: you think about the book?
3: Yes. yes. Yeah.
2: I so. Sorry, I was trying to figure out how to unmute. Un- unmute i really enjoyed it i thought it was great you know great advice i wish i read it when i was 20 instead of my present age
0: but it's never too late right
2: that's right i think i've followed some of the principles in the book and i'm an attorney so we have to account for our time in six minute increments so have to torture all year long there you <laughs> go exercise that's, I'm
0: gonna now, now every time someone browses at the, when I tell 15 minutes, I'm gonna go, you know, attorneys, they have to account for every six minutes. So you just saved me there. I'm gonna use that, okay? You feel free. <laughs> what was the, fa- what was your favorite thing in the book? The favorite, is there anything in the book that you said,
2: ah, aha. Uh-huh. Um, I thought the, the, and I don't know the exact quote because I read it electronically. So I was writing down on a separate kind of document, but I felt the concept where you should not invest in something that you don't already have expertise in was really, you know, a pretty great concept because we have lost money doing just that. So I thought that was very worthwhile. I also liked the one that said, um, it said something like, don't give away your money as a present it was the it was the parable about the brother who had acquired some fortune and the sister wanted her to loan it to her husband and you know that happens in everyone's life i'm sure so i thought that was also a really good kind of lesson to learn from
0: yes i like i thought that was a great parable that was awesome thank you yeah the um the the first quote about the um don't invest in anything you're not an expert in you know that you know who's you know who follows that uh buffett warren buffett
3: oh
2: that makes sense
0: he says do and i and that saved me many times because people call me all the time and say hey I remember one person called me and a really good friend of mine, he was in my wedding and he's calling me, he goes, I've got a thousand acres in North Carolina and we're going to do this and this and this. And you know, you should invest. And I was like, <laughs> I remember saying, Keith, I don't invest in anything. I don't know anything. about, <laughs> And that's Warren Buffett's rule. So I'm going to follow that. And they ended up losing their shirts. So I am so glad that that saved me in that one time, because, you know, you do, you get kind sometimes you get caught up right uh, in some things I'm invested in some multifamily that I'm not an expert in, but I've invested with an expert. So, and I, and it's not a lot of money. Like I'm div- trying to diversify. I did it about a year ago and I said, okay, I think this is a good diversification. I don't want to go start build or buy a multifamily cause I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to go give my money to this guy who's had huge success and knock on wood, it's been a great investment. So, uh, Dale and Sean, you guys have read the book?
4: Yeah, I read it uh, decades ago. (laughs) and uh, In fact, at the time, I bought copies and gave to all my kids, uh, because I thought it was a a good idea. Uh, I read it so long ago, I, I remember it, but I can't quote anything out of it.
0: Right, no problem. Well, what was, why did you give it to your kids, Dale?
4: I just thought it uh, had some good sound advice on how to uh, structure your life and uh, investments, and how to take care of your money.
0: Did you know uh, my sons? I have nineteen and seventeen-year-old, and the nineteen-year-old works at Lego, at the Lego store. And he came home like the first week, and he said, "What is this four zero (laughs) one thing?" I said, "That's something that you need to put your money in." I said, "I said put fifty bucks a paycheck." And they're gonna match it up to 50 50 percent. He goes, like for nothing? I go, Yeah, free money. He goes, Okay, I'm all about that. And I said, and if you never look at it again until you're about six, and then we did a we did the compounding chart I found on the internet, and I said, Look, if you never think about it again, you know, and you and you save and I showed him two charts of this is how much if you do it starting at 19, and this is how much you do it at 25. And the difference of those six years like blew him away and now my little one 17 year old just started at burger king and i just he hasn't even got his first check yet and i said have they have they told you about the 401k yet and he said no they talked about a manager or something or another i go well let's bring that home and let's see and i told him they give you free money goes free money so and so i'm going to show him the compounding chart too i mean danielle we all wished we would i remember i remember people telling me to save, you know, the 10% off the top of your check or your earnings. And I, when I was at companies that did that, I always did the 401k, but I always had this, when I had debt in another part of my life, I always felt, well, why should I save when I have debt? You know, like, like that doesn't make sense. And um, I've, and this book really kind of uh, you know, the, it put a different spin on that. So I, I liked that about this book, you know, it doesn't matter if you have debt, definitely pay off your debt every month. And, and I have some people in my life that have debt and I have been talking to them about this, you know, put some in savings, put some in debt and then keep your overhead at, you know,
1: 70%. Sean, what about you? Yeah, for, for me, I, well, this was like an interesting challenge, this book, because I'm not used to reading like a fictional story. So that make it made it a little interesting because I'm always reading nonfiction, yeah. so it was uh, it was harder to get into. But I, I challenge it. It, it was a good challenge. Uh, as far as the what I what was the main takeaway I got was similar to what you just said, Beth, which is kind of the idea that time and uh, time and uh, income like are precious things, and if we leave a void, like we're they're pretty much going to be filled up by whatever distracts us or whatever is the thing at the moment. I always think of like when I'm going to Best Buy and about to check out an item, there's that line, you know, that you go through with the impulse buys. It's similar to Office Depot and all these places like candy bars, everything. And I always get something and I'm thinking if I had a mindset of just what I'm coming in for, I'm more likely not spend it. So I like your idea of the time log too. Like it's like cramming for an exam, like right before you have a test. If you have that certain amount of time, you're more likely to get it done because it's even though it's bad that you're cramming, you at least have that definitive time. If you spread it out over a long period of time, like you're not as, um, you know, you're you're, you're less likely to do it. So I guess I like the idea of having it compartmentalized. So I'm going to try your challenge of the time log because I've never done it. And it seems like something that would be an eye opener of like maybe where areas I'm wasting time because we're so distracted nowadays with our cell phones and so many other things. So And what's really helped me actually is these apps I don't know if you have it, Beth, or anyone on the call, but those apps like I use Digit, which is really great. It just automatically send um, saving um, based on what you're making as far as in your account, and it's been really helpful for me as far as just set it and forget it, and you don't even think about it.
0: Oh, I'll have to check into that. Yeah, the oh. um, I you know, there's a book called I think it's called the. Th- 90 day year or like the 3 month year and it's all about instead of thinking you have 12 months think about it in quarters and you have 3 months of a quarter and 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 you set your goals for the 3 months and because of that and the whole the whole concept is how much do you get done when you know you're getting ready to go away on vacation? Mm-hmm. That week before vacation, you get so much done. And this book talks about that, that when you have a deadline, you're very focused, you're very organized. And this. And I have a, a, a friend, Chris Russa, with DLC in the Northeast. And he, uh, for one whole year, ran his leasing teams based on this guy's book and doing it on a quarterly basis. Not setting goals for the year, like we're gonna do 25 deals in a year, but we're gonna do, everyone's gonna do four deals in this quarter, like one deal a month. And focus, 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 focused on that. And, um, you know, and then Stephen Covey in The Seven Highly Effective Habits for the, whatever that title is. Um, he a bit. told uh, yeah.
4: I I read that book before and uh, the one thing I found about it is that, especially in my business, which takes so long for anything to happen, is that I find that I'm closing stuff that from the past. You know, uh, yeah. No matter what I, I plan for the, the next three months, it, it, those aren't the things I close. They're the ones that were from the previous three months. You know, but, uh, yeah. One thing yeah. what, what I didn't mention about the other book is I have six kids. Four of them are retired now and I'm still working. So they, they paid attention to the the (laughs) the book and I didn't.
0: Well, I think you like to work Dale. So, you know, it's a difference between wanting or having to right? Yeah. I was going to ask you how many, how many of the kids read the book?
4: I'm assuming all of them did. Uh, we, I know at that time we discussed it, but, uh, like I said, that, that that's a that book is very old. That book has been around for a long
0: time. I know, I know. I I said you know we have three oldies this year. You know we're always reading what's the latest hottest book, right? But yeah. this year I said we're going to read some because whenever I I don't know if you heard of me at the beginning. Whenever on LinkedIn someone says, you know what is your favorite top ten books? This book is always in there, and I'm like we got to have this book in the book club. I had I had never even heard of the book so. Uh, but in the stephen covey book he talks about urgent versus important and how crucial it is that in your daily things to do lists is to have important things and i try when i every night i try to say what are the three mo- three most important things i need to do tomorrow And they're never the three most urgent because the urgent ones you get done. You know, like, like I had to go get a COVID test today because I'm going to the Bahamas next Thursday on a work quasi work fun trip. And I had to get a positive COVID results with in less than seven days from the trip. So I had to go do it today. And I had to go to a place that gave me the results in 24 hours. Well, that wasn't in my top three things I had to do today because I knew that come hell or high water, I had to do that this morning. So uh, instead, I have three things that will move the ball ahead on three deals that I'm working on that I haven't heard from them. They're radio silent. You know, I'm I'm trying to move the ball ahead on deals that are very important, but they're not urgent. They could easily be procrastinated away. And that's why it's so important to have good time management skills so that we all, especially especially in the times we're in now, can fill our day with reacting to the pressures or to the events. You know, like the minute we get, you know, the minute Broward County, which is where we live or I live, the minute we hear that they're closing us down again, I'm going to have three hours of calling all my tenants and, or taking the tenants' calls or going to visit my tenants. So I know that I will have a reactionary that that's going to happen. So I want to make sure that these other things I need to be doing, because that's coming, I'm guessing, in the next week. So I'm thinking when that hits, I'm going to lose three hours of my day. So um, what is important and not urgent? Um, here's another quote I wrote down. Willpower is but the unflinching purpose to carry the task you set for yourself to fulfillment. Willpower is but the unflinching purpose to carry the task you set for yourself to fulfillment. How hard is it to have willpower for certain things? Danielle, is it easy for you to have willpower?
2: Um, Yeah, I think as I've gotten older it's gotten easier obviously when you're younger you're a little bit more maybe frivolous with both your spending and your time and I think as you get older, you do get a little bit more determined, you know, in terms of how you want your career to go, what you're just finding as success, both professionally and for your family. So I think, you know, I think, Will, I mean, obviously having that determination, like Dale still working, you know, just having that desire to continue to succeed is just a huge part of what I think everybody, you know, does that's going to thrive in their respective fields. So yeah, I think that area I'm probably doing better on. <laughs>
0: I need to come to you for advice on that. Sean, how
1: about you? Willpower. Willpower is tough. Yeah, it's tough to keep that motivation going. But I I actually remember a book that you talked about that's Selling the Invisible. Yes. I know it's an older book too. So I'm actually a fan that you're doing some of these older books because I I remember one of the things I got from that was he mentioned, I don't remember exactly how he said it, but I remember, and I wasn't even on the call, but I just listened to it. But I remember him saying, like, even if you don't have the perfect idea or it's not something that you think is a, a brilliant idea put your full passion behind it and efforts because I remember I stuck with that because that stuck with me because I'm thinking that's behind the willpower a lot of times we don't think it's good enough an idea we don't think like we can accomplish it but if we do it with all of our passion and all of our might you know we can really do great things it doesn't have to be a brilliant idea for sure for sure I'm doing
0: Um, I'm don't ask me why I'm doing this, but I, I committed 16 days ago to do the calendar challenge, which is riding a bike per mile of each day of the month. So yesterday I rode 16 miles the day before yesterday. So I've been breaking it up. So like during the 10 mile day, I did five in the morning and five in the afternoon and then 11, 12, thir- so I've been breaking them up. So it has not been an issue. And, I, and my son and I committed to doing it together. He's done it 13 of the 16 days. But on the 15th, I had a dinner engagement. So I knew I was not gonna be able to do it at night. And we had been, we've only been biking outside. So on the 15th, the morning of the 15th, we left the house at, and he was with me and we left at 7.30 in the morning and we got back at about 9.40 and on that bike ride, I got nauseous like three or four times. I started to get worried and when I got home, I you know was putting ice on my head and ice under my armpits and I took a cold shower and I was shaky the whole day I, and I'm like Googling you know heat stroke right and I'm thinking what the heck why am I doing this this is like so silly and then um and then even yesterday I didn't feel good I just felt a little off but then I talked to a friend and he's like don't give up you can't give up you know but you know you've got to be healthy right so people were saying you know eat bananas and drink Gatorade and have protein so yesterday morning um on the 16th day right yeah. Today's the 17th. Um, I did what I just, I, when I got home from work around four 30, I was feeling pretty good. I had, you know, fed myself with nutrients and I said, okay. Uh, and then someone said, cause of the heat, it's so hot outside down here. So I found a gym near my house that I could uh, do a membership for a month for 65 bucks cheap and that they had bikes. So I rode my bike to the gym, which was two miles i then rode in the gym on the bike uh the 12 miles and then rode home two miles and got my 16 and and i was so happy but for like literally that from from 10 o'clock the morning of the 15th till yesterday at four i was like am i going to keep doing this do i have the willpower to do it um why am I doing this, all this stuff? And I have to be healthy, right? Health should come first. And so, but I was really, really happy. And I got input from other people and encouragement and other people holding me accountable, but making sure I'm doing it healthy. So, um, so it was great. And, and I realized that it was really easy to do the bike in the gym. So coming up with different ways to fulfill your commitments if one way doesn't work, coming up with different ideas. And, you know, one of the quotes, which I loved also in the book was, it costs nothing to ask wise advice from a good friend. It costs nothing to ask wise advice from a good friend. And that's what I did yesterday because I was, I didn't want to give up. I made this commitment. I put it on social media. I really want to finish it i really 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 want to finish it but i also you know need to make sure i'm careful and it was great and so one of my other friends said um you know you should go ride the bike in the gym in the air condition and it was like of course but i didn't i hadn't thought about that so um so yeah so it's uh willpower though but let me tell you danielle uh i have i have a problem with willpower with snacks so uh i maybe my my maybe my next challenge will be something to do with snacks
3: well
2: i'm Chocolate. sure riding 16 miles in one day allows you to have some snacks
0: you know you'd think people are like you must be losing weight i'm like i'm not yeah. so um, but uh yeah maybe maybe it, maybe it'll be accumulation um so here is some other quotes i wrote down in those things toward which we exerted in those things towards which we exerted our best endeavors, we succeed. Uh, you know, so again, giving our best and our all will be successful, you know, and not half-assing it, right? We're not gonna be successful if we half-ass something ever. So I think that we need to commit to the, to the endeavor and if we're not willing to commit to the endeavor then give it up right then why try to do something half-assed uh jeff any other any thoughts on to what we're talking about he probably walked away from his computer who is 904 and 770 so we've got like a jacksonville listener and we have an atlanta listener Anybody. Any of you guys want to speak up.
3: I'm just listening. I joined a little late from Who is that Nancy, I decided to visit with you today. Thank ah! you. Any,
0: any thoughts. Oh, is that Teresa. You're 904. Did you, did you read the book Teresa. She's not speaking. She's not unmuting herself. She's just listening. Nancy, any thoughts as to time management or asking advice of friends or focus and willpower? Lee Lancourt, what about you? How about willpower?
3: When? Not so good. (laughs) I've I've added the COVID-19 in pounds. Yeah. I'm almost there. And I was on Weight Watchers and doing very well before it hit, so I have to get back on track. Ah,
0: yeah, me too. No kidding. Okay, Teresa, I unmuted you.
3: Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Did you read the book? I did not. Um, I really want to, um, I really, really want to, but on the willpower side, I find I drive myself crazy from the standpoint of, you know, I have obviously my list of items that I need to get to and, and yet I still push away from the items I know I need to go to. It's, it's a crazy human reality for me, that you know, I'm constantly have to push myself through.
0: Have you ever tried to have an accountability partner on those three, like those things that you push yourself away from doing?
3: I do, um, I do practice that on some occasion, and and definitely keep that in mind, knowing that that is going to force the push when I'm not just hiding from myself. <laughs> Right cuz when it when 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 we're the decision makers
0: on should we move forward or not it's an easy <laughs> should i have that chocolate cake or should i go biking 17 miles i think i'm going to have the chocolate cake
3: like yesterday yeah, when you know what and i'm even i'm sorry to interrupt i'm even talking about the the crazy willpower it is to stick with your list that you're working through of your work list not to mention you know the the fun things, um, the, certainly those food things, but, you know, I'm looking at the fact, like, I need to get that purchase and sale agreement back out, but let me first do this thing that I know is so not as important. Like, no, I, I have got to work on the purchase and sale agreement, and it's funny to me that it's a it's a fight of uh, continuing to well, even you to have th- a conversation in my head about
0: Right. Yeah. And you know what that is. So what for me, so, you know, I, some of you know that I, I uh, subscribe to the predictive index and the predictive index is a survey that you can take and it tells you how, um, how focused you are, how late or versus laid back, how, if you're extroverted or introverted, if you have a high sense of urgency or you're patient and if you're detailed or not, and I am not detailed so every time i like someone sends me an loi and it's literally five or seven pages i just roll my eyes and think oh my god i have to go through this and i will and it's so important it should be the top of my list that i look at this loi mark it up and get it back out fast and i will procrastinate with that terribly like three days sometimes which it should be the number one thing I work on but because I hate detail so that's knowing that of yourself and like I have a girlfriend who hates he's a CPA and an accountant and we ran a business together for a short time and I said you got to reach out to these 10 people and see if they need our services and she would put it off and put it off and put it off and then I realized She's an introvert, I'm an extrovert. Let me make those 10 phone calls. She's never gonna get around to doing it because it's just not in her natural, uh, you know, yeah. desire and ability to do it. So for you, the purchase and sale agreement, do you think you like detail or do you avoid doing detail?
3: Uh, i like you, I will, I like to avoid the detail. I'll make those calls all day long. <laughs> right. So for
1: me, if I can,
0: if it's like, if it's like, I had a, one an LOI yesterday, but it, w- we were, it was like on the final version and I we got it the night before last. And I literally got it out like by 10 AM yesterday. I was so proud of myself, but it was mostly already negotiated. So I can't give myself too much credit. But if I can, what I do, if I get like, you know, a national tenant, I'll, I'll, send, I'll, I'll send it to my attorney and pay him to do it because I know he'll do it. And like, you know, Danielle, you probably love doing that stuff, right? You love digging in the detail. She's like
2: nodding. Yeah, that's my, that's my jam, right? A part of doing this book club was for me to overcome some introversion. So I am all detail, <laughs> totally opposite, And which is probably why I went into law like your attorney did. And you guys went into what you do and you're so good at.
0: And that's the thing is, right, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. And with this consulting gig I'm doing in California, that's one of the things, you know, we're going to work on if you've, if we've got, you know, one deal maker that is off the charts, extrovert, and one that is maybe a little more introverted, maybe creating teams so that we are looking at strengths and weaknesses and putting, you know, teams together versus having two people that, you know, are, you know, the most ambitious, focused people in the company, and we're wondering why are they butting heads, right? So, um, you know, but, you know, sometimes, look, sometimes when I'm buying a shopping center, Teresa, I have to be the one to look at that PSA. I, I avoid it too, but I, what I do sometimes is I'll set, I do, I trick myself. I, there's this, uh, I, I'll put a timer on my phone and I'll say, I'm going to shut my door, and for 20 minutes, I'm going to start looking at this PSA, because I can do anything for 20 minutes, and then I'm going to go take a walk. Well, what happens by 20 minutes is I'm almost done, and then I'll just finish it. And it's another 20 minutes, and I'll be done. So I, I trick myself right. that little that little thing, and it works for me, because you know I hate doing it, but I can do anything for 20 minutes.
3: OK. With yeah, 1,000%. Yeah,
0: another, well, you better do that before I see you next week on Thursday. (laughs) I will. Um, Okay, so here's some other quotes. I liked this one. The hungrier one becomes, the clearer one's mind works. Also, the more sensitive one becomes to the odors of food.
3: So the hungrier
0: one becomes the clearer one's mind works and also the more sensitive one becomes to the odors of food. What do you guys think he meant by that? Hunger, hunger in the belly. People say, what do you look for when you hire leasing agents?
1: Hunger in the belly, fire in the belly. I think for me, what it is, it's a, it. when you have hunger, you're more driven and focused like towards a goal. So if you have hunger, the reason why your mind's clear is because you don't have all of those distractions. It's like you're going straight laser focused ahead. Cause what I find is when you don't have goal, a goal, you're ending up just real scattered in your mind. And when I'm scattered and I'm thinking about a lot of different things, that's when it's end game for me. I, I'm just totally all over. And I don't feel like I'm getting a lot done. It's like I'm in the in the mud. Yeah, yeah. And I think also, I think that when we're fat and happy, right?
0: We've made a bunch, we've made a bunch of money. Things are going well. You get loosey-goosey. You know, oh, really? We have four Netflix accounts? Who had that happen? Like anyone ever have that, right? You know, money's flowing. And then all of a sudden, when, you know, the economy shifts or, you know, you lose some accounts because businesses are shutting down and now you're like, okay, let, I need to focus. I need to like really double down and, and check this stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're not, you're not fat and happy anymore. You're hungrier and you're thinking, and you're being more creative. Like, let me call those three people that reached out to me for services, but I didn't follow up cause I was fat and happy. And when you're hungry, you're more, um, uh like laser focused right like i can call this person and drum up some business or you know during covid so part of part of what i do is i travel around the country and i teach um i teach um training and i us- usually go to business corporate headquarters and obviously without travel I can't do that so I had to create a whole online virtual training business and that would have never and people have been saying to me for a long time where's Beth 2.0 where's training 2.0 and I'm like "Nah, I don't need to do that <laughs> because I was very busy and had a lot of um, trips booked so why did I need to come up with Beth 2.0 And then all of a sudden, all those trips get canceled, and you're looking at, wow, I thought I was going to have this income, and now I'm not going to have this income. You become very laser-focused, and you become hungry, and out of hunger, uh, your mind becomes clearer, and it works better. So, uh, and I think we're seeing a lot of that with retailers, too, where you are – you know, you have retailers. I've got a sub guy who's, again, fat and happy, nine locations, printing money, doing great. And all of a sudden, uh, dining room's closed, can't really take, you know, can't have 100 phone orders every hour and had to rapidly create an app and adapt to our new world. And, and now they're doing great. But again, probably would have never created the app had COVID not happened. So... Uh, when we when we are hungry, our mind becomes clearer. I thought that was great.
2: If there are any upside at times like this, like after the real estate recession or what we're seeing now, it is that you have that time to focus on maybe what does need to be strengthened. You know, COVID is is really great at kind of highlighting your strengths and exposing your weaknesses. And so it is nice to take the time to just figure out what you need to fix in your own practice or your own industry, or like you said, for your subperson or for yourself. We've always said in practicing law, it can sometimes be feast or famine. Sometimes you're so busy that you don't have the time to figure out how you're gonna client develop because you're, you have too many clients, which is a great thing, but it never it never really lasts. You can come to a situation like now where you do have to kind of reinvent yourself. And I I do think being hungry in that sense of the word is a really good thing. It makes you a better person at the end of the day and Mm -hmm. makes you better at what you do. And innovation does come out of it. So I think he was spot on. And I think for all of us, it's easy to focus on the negatives of what's going on now. But there's also a lot of positives that come out of this time period. And I think we're all, you know, can benefit from that if we really focus on it. 100%,
0: 100%, I mean, you know, in 09, after 09, 09 created Uber. You know, '09 created a lot of businesses. So I think, you know, they're saying we're gonna have a lot of babies, a lot of divorces and a lot of new businesses.
2: Exactly, a lot of new ideas.
0: <laughs> I, I posted a, a cartoon I saw today, I think in the Wall Street Journal or the Miami Herald and it said it was a picture of chaos in a house, chaos. And the, hus- the, the mom and the dad and the two kids and they're homeschooling. And, and I think the mom said to the dad, didn't we buy this house because of this school district? <laughs> like yeah. uh, uh, But yes, I think, I think there will be, Danielle, a lot of um, innovation that comes out of this, for sure.
2: There's a new um, virtual platform if any of you've been on it where when you're on a call like this, your avatars and it, it kind of functions as a cocktail party so you can move your avatar and as you get closer to a cluster of people, you can join in their conversation and they pop up. And it was created by, I think, teenage boys that were home during COVID that just had time to come up with this. So you a lot of really interesting things come out of this. What, what is that called? Is that called House Party or something? I, um, I don't exactly remember the name, although I saw it yesterday virtually, but I can get back to you with the name.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I I actually, there was an article uh, I read a couple of days ago that talked about this new thing. And I skimmed the article and I'm thinking that must be it. But I'd love, will you email me the name or? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. we had a virtual cocktail party for our summer associates and it was a huge hit. So it's interesting how things like that can come out times like this.
0: Exactly. Okay, we have a few more minutes. Um, Another quote I'm trying to find a good one here. Hold on. Well, he he says um, there's a quote: uh, a, "A part of all I earn is mine to keep." And he says you should say that 50 times a day. "A part of all I earn is mine to keep." Uh, you know, we give it away to you know we we give it away to our overhead, we give it away to our debtors, we give it away to friends and. And we, we, everyone should be putting something of everything they earn away. This is, was one of my favorites. I actually put this today on Instagram on a quote, men of action or women, or people of action are favored by the goddesses of luck. I just love that. That's so true, right? How many do we, how many people do we know that sit around and talk about stuff and don't take action? And then they wonder why they're not lucky. So, and then they say, and then another quote right after that was, Pro- "Proper preparation is the key to our success." My ex-husband used to have a quote: "Prior proper preparation prevents poor performance." I
3: said say that six times. To say that three
0: times fast. But I like the men of action are favored by the god, the goddesses of luck. Have you guys? Has anyone have had an experience that? You got lucky based on action, Nancy or Jeff, Teresa.
3: Thanks for calling on me. I think just kind of in general, in in my life and my work, and I would think everybody would have would say this. You keep you keep going to bat. You keep going to bat. And um, I keep going to bat. I don't give up. I'm moving forward. And it happens. And I look back in the rear view mirror and go, how the heck did that happen? And I just didn't give up. Just didn't give up. Now that having been said, of course, there's a point where there's some rabbit holes that is truly a rabbit hole, but you figure that out to a point where you change your path and you figure out your next way. So, you know, the action is always up for editing, but it's always gotta be forward and you will make it happen.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, I I 100% agree. Another quote says, good luck can be enticed by accepting opportunity. Good luck can be enticed by accepting opportunity. Um, you know, we, one of the books in the book club, I, I don't think it was this year, I think it was last year, is The Year of Saying Yes by Shonda Rhimes and how Danielle, she was an introvert. She never went out. She got invited. This is Shonda Rhimes is the writer and producer and director of um, Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice and all of these shows, Scandal, and she would get invited to the White House and she would never go because she was, I'm an introvert and I don't like to do that and And her sister at one Thanksgiving day said, you know, you you never say yes. And you know, sisters, right? We can can challenge other. And she said, I'm gonna do a year of saying yes. And she, she did, she like agreed to to do the commencement address at her alma mater. And she said she was like throwing up in the bathroom before, right? But she said that she, because of that year of saying yes, she had so many opportunities like she she has it she had a favorite show i'm not sure if it was 30 rock or some really favorite show that she loved and she got to do a walk on part. and she said before the year of saying yes she would have never done it so you know um good luck can be enticed by accepting opportunity so true all right so it's 12:21. i always tell you guys i'll let you go in 50 minutes so um next month's book I'm in the middle of it. I'm I'm listening to it while I'm riding my bike is Little Black Stretchy Pants, the founder of Lululemon. So we're going back to retail and uh, I'm about 40% of the way in, very interesting. So he early on in his book, he said, the readers that listen to the recording and you guys, he said he had read 95 self-development books. And he, he says, I can sum them all up in four books. So I'm not gonna tell you what those four books are. You need to read or listen to the book or join the call next month to find out what Chip, the author and the founder of Lululemon believes are the four books that sum up 95 self-development books he read. So that will be next month. Um, let me see, I'll give you the dates or you can just find it on Azor Academy. But while you guys are on here, I will tell you the date of the next book club. Um, August, bear with me. Sorry, I should have written this down in advance. And thank you, thanks you guys for being here today. It is, um, you can tell Josie's on vacation. She's, she's take, so talk about action. She put on her bucket list to buy an RV She bought it back in, I think, January before the big price increase, good for her. And they're traveling around the country for a month. Okay, Little Black Stretchy Pants, Chip Wilson, August 21st. Oh, and then the one after that is another oldie, The Alchemist, never read that. That's one of those oldies. All right, guys. I love Uh, that book. Yeah, I've never read it. Love it. Awesome. All right, guys, thanks for joining. Have a great week and month, and I'll see you next month.